this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face with blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. I'm Brad. I'm Miguel. Drinking a beer. This is episode number five of Purely and Simply Evil, a Let's Talk Movies podcast, where we are taking a look at classic horror films, and tonight we are talking. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the return of Michael Myers, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. So, yes, fan favorite. Super excited to talk about this one. This has been another one that everybody's been like, when are you going to do H4? When are you going to do H4? When are you going to do H4? Well, we're doing H4. So, here we are. So, Miguel, happy Thursday. I almost said Friday. We usually do these things on Fridays, but we're busy tomorrow. So, we are here on a Thursday. I'm not busy. Brad's busy. I am busy. He's not busy. I am. How you doing? But, doing good. We're ready to talk about Halloween. I'm excited for it. Yeah. It'll be a good one. By the way, we hit 300 subscribers today, which we've been waiting for for a long time because uh, you would. So it, it it's usually like a pretty steady incline. Like we, you know, get however many. Uh, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. We have been waiting for 300 for like a month. Literally, I've watched it. We sat at like 295, 296 for a couple weeks and then we'd get one more and then we finally got up to 299 and then it was like every day last week i watched it drop one and i was like i'm so it's like what did we say like what did we do that pissed people off like they're leaving they're unsubscribing uh and we had lost subscribers like i seriously i watched it go down every day i would text miguel and be like just like what is the problem like, guys listen wrong? 300 300 is small but it's big for us okay it as a starting right. podcast it, yeah it we're, we're huge. yeah for get real. some small goals and let it let it climb that's all i, I gotta say <laughs> that's what <laughs> i'm saying goals. we do we have goals set so um glad to be here tonight though uh art Witchwood is in the house feel like you're our number one fan dude uh hey brad and miguel you guys are my halloween for i love you my little halloweenies we love you too he also says, Brad, I love the beanie. Miguel, I love the sweater. You guys are fantastic. Thanks, man. And Thanks, man. he also Thanks. says, congrats on 300. Can't wait for your 300,000th show. 300,000th show. Not 300, Damn. 000, what year is that going to be? 300,000th show. Okay, Brad. <laughs> guess what? We're here until we'll 3,000. We'll be old men be like, well, you, <laughs> the film was great. Like, that's how we're going to be. No, we're literally going to do a podcast like on the metaverse. That's what's going to happen. We're going to say goodbye to YouTube. We're going to be on the metaverse. That's <laughs> exactly what's going to happen. Everything will be owned by Facebook. Yeah. Everything is going to be a subsidy of Facebook. Apple, Tesla, everything's going to be owned by Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. funny because we were just talking about Tesla. So. Yeah, we were. So, by the way, we actually just saw, I know we're kind of late to the party, we just saw Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City last night, and the rat, that review and the that review is going to be coming up pretty soon. Um, I'm not sure what day yet, we're still trying to figure out our schedule for next week, um, but we will be doing uh, our Resident Evil review, and that's going to be an interesting one, so I would definitely 
tune into that. As you guys know, I'm a massive Resident Evil fan. It's what got me into horror. I have a, I actually have a Raccoon City sign up here, and then I have another, uh, I have another um, Resident Evil thing that's actually dope. It's so it's the front of the mansion, and it's the dogs chasing the stars members into the mansion, but up top it's like a split thing. Like it, if you look at it one way, it's Tyrant, and if you look at it another way, it's Nemesis, which is dope. Oh, that is dope. That's, yeah, that's pretty dope. So wait, did um, you get that at Scarefest? No, or, I have. Oh, okay. I, no, I've had that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I think I got that off of Amazon. Oh, okay. Because I, I remember. Because you remember at Scarefest, whenever we were watching around, we saw like a bunch of posters that, but they kept changing whichever way yeah. we were looking, and I was like, "Yo, that's what." Uh, that's what this one is behind me. It's got. It's like. It's. It's like 1978, Michael, and then it's 2018, Michael, and then for whatever reason, we go to Rob Zombie's Michael. <laughs> I don't know why they threw Rob Zombie's in there, but they did. So. All right, dude. Let's do this thing. Let's talk Halloween Four. Uh, All right. Hope some pe- other people join because um, I know there's been a lot of requests for this episode. So, uh, so obviously, ten years after the events of Halloween and Halloween Two in 1978, Michael Myers escapes custody during a transfer from Ridgemont to Smith's Grove, heads back to Haddonfield. But this time, but this time, he's going after Jamie Lloyd, who is. Laurie Strode's daughter. Um, and obviously Loomis is hot on his trail. So that's basically the plot of Halloween 4. Mustafa Akkad wanted to kind of go back to uh, the original formula here. He didn't want to, he didn't want it to be about the blood and the guts and the gore. I know uh, Texas Chainsaw 2 had just come out. And that was like that. If you, if you know anything about the later Texas Chainsaw sequels, it's, it's, <laughs> it's strange. It gets it's, there. Yeah. It's, it's like, is it, is it comedy? Is it horror? Is it, is it just pure gore? It's like, what is this? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So if we look back, if we rewind the clocks here, Halloween 3 financially did pretty decent. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It 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 did what it needed to do financially. H3, critically, and in terms of fan response and critic res- critics' response, bombed. It was not what people wanted. And of course, like we talked about we, even with Event Horizon, it's it's kind of grown its own cult following and it's become a cult classic. I love H3. I know we skipped over it. We went straight from two to four because um, I'm trying to get Miguel caught up on all the other the original sequels and we're, we're going to move on. But we will come back and we'll get Halloween 3 in there at the end. Uh, and so Mustafa Akkad, he wanted to continue the franchise Excuse me, and he wanted to bring Michael back. That was the that was the whole point of doing H four. So there was an article in Fangoria with an interview uh, by Paul of Paul Freeman, who was a big time producer. He was talking about you know the biggest question, one of the biggest questions in Hollywood at that point is where is Michael Myers? You know, um, after H three, people were just they they were like they wanted more of him. They didn't want the side stories. They didn't want the anthology. They wanted Michael. Mm-hmm. That was what they wanted. Uh, and Akkad, I actually found this quote that I wanted to read um, in Taking Shape, which if you haven't gotten Taking Shape, I, it's all just across the room. Um, Taking Shape is incredible. It's If you're a Halloween fan, I mean, there's not a better compilation of information about the franchise than Taking Shape. Uh, and I Is wanted it a to documentary read, of Michael it, Myers, pretty much? No, it's a book. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a book of... 
it's got like a chapter of every sequel and every film and it's just like everything about the production uh the filming the casting uh the reception from fans the reception from the people that made it the reception from critics i mean it's just like it's like everything you would ever need to know about the franchises in this book. They they did a phenomenal job. Damn, um, I wonder how many people read that, that book. Fucking hell. A lot. I There's two of them. The first one is just about all the franchise or whatever. Um, and at the end of it, I believe it even says something like Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends like is on the way or whatever. But of course, the book came out before they were... Uh, I'm sure that book was probably in production before they even announced Kills and Ends. Yeah. Um, and the uh, part two of Taking Shape is actually all of the unmade sequels and that book is huge is a fat book uh of all the unmade fat. sequels because i'm telling you man some of the unmade halloween sequels get they get bonkers i mean it's, they get wild yeah they, they get a little wild sauce with a little bit of toilet water mixed in uh so a cod a cod said we spent four years haggling John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, Erwin Yablons, and myself couldn't agree on what to do with H4. On top of that, they had all gone on to other successes, making things that much more complicated. So, I mean, you got to kind of put yourself in Mustafa Kod's shoes. Like, you want the original crew to come back? They wanted Jamie Lee Curtis to come back, and she was like, no. I mean, she went on. She did A Fish Called Wanda. She did Trading Places. She was kind of moving her way up away from Halloween, away from horror, uh, because she also did Prom Night, and she did a couple of other horror films as well. Nothing, of course, to the uh, the stature, the the popularity of Halloween. But she was moving on. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill wanted to move on. Everybody wanted to move on, except for the fans and except for Akkad, pretty much. Um, they wanted Michael back. He was... He was like a phenomenon, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He was a cultural phenomenon. People wanted him. Uh, so essentially, Dennis Etchison... Uh, we got the actually, names. Jesus we do. Christ. Essentially, Dennis Etchison, who actually wrote the novelizations of Halloween 2 and Halloween 3, under... He had a pen name. Um, Jack something. I don't remember if it was Jack... Like a pen pal? Yeah. No, 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 no. Like a surname. Like, he, he didn't oh. use his name when he wrote okay, the novelization. I I, it's Jack something. I can't remember what it was. Uh comment down below and let me why know why do you use a different name for for writing a book but i don't know he wanted to but he wanted to i mean it just it was interesting mm. he didn't want to say some shit and people were like oh this guy said that he was like you know <laughs> that what didn't happen he, he was like he's like you know what if i want some an anonymity right now i'm gonna change my name that's yeah. the way to do it uh so they had tapped john carpenter wanted to tap him to helm the script for h4 but if you know anything about the Dennis Etchison script, it was wild. Uh, Akkad hated it. It was we went from you know this kind of grade line is Michael supernatural? Is he not supernatural? Like like what's the deal? He is full blown supernatural. I believe the focus. It's been a while since I actually looked into that script. Uh, if you want a phenomenal recap of that script and of any of the unmade Halloween scripts. Go to We Watched a Movies channel, and I, I seriously, they they do some incredible recaps of those scripts and the unmade films. Uh, I mean, this script, Miguel, this thing had Michael re regenerating fingers. Uh, it had him like growing forty feet tall when he got angrier. Like it was just, it was crazy. I mean, it was wild. It focused on Tommy and Lindsay, which is kind of interesting. I don't remember if it brought back Lori or not. 
Well, like you said, positive. well, like you said, Jamie Lee Curtis just honestly didn't want anything to do with the movie at the time. So I'm sure when they wrote the script, they're like, well, she's not going to be back. So why bother? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, from that from that recap alone, from the that potential script, it sounded like it was going to be chock full of shitty '80s and '90s CGI, and it would have just been yeah. tossed in the trash like quick. It probably would have yeah. destroyed the franchise in my head. Right. You know I, I mean, mean, could you imagine like in in a 18th- forty foot? Huh? Well, not only a forty foot miles, but like in how in Halloween two thousand eighteen, like if my when Laurie shoots his two fingers off, I know he just looks at the, it. If, and it's if like, it would have just if if it would have just grown back, I'd have been like, I'm leaving. Like I'd have just gotten up out of my seat and walked out of the theater. Like yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it it was a very it was strange. He, he went full blown supernatural. It it completely like left turned, went out in left field from what the original story was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of funny because John Carpenter was pissed with the whole situation. He was like, I don't want to make like, he was like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do any more of this. Like he, it, it I actually, there was a lot of strife between them, I believe, because the Akkads wanted him to make another one and they wanted him to be a part of it. But John Carpenter still owned the rights. And he was like, Nope, I don't want to like, I don't want to do another Myers film. Like he wanted to do his anthology. He wanted to move on to even past his anthology. He wanted to move on and do other things. He had him and Deborah Hill had done other films. Uh, and eventually did John Carpenter do, uh, Halloween three. Uh, yes, he did. He wrote, he didn't direct it. Tommy, we, Tommy Lee Wallace directed Halloween three, but he did write it. He was um, so hyped for that. He was like, fuck yes, we're going to do an anthology. <laughs> and then it fucking bombs. And he's like, oh. Yeah. But and I don't know. I think in a way, the, the Dennis Etchison script, if you get anything out of it, I mean, it's cool. And like, don't get me wrong. It would have been like in a bubble. It would be really cool to see that happen. Like, I would mm-hmm. love to see that play out on screen. But I think the whole Dennis Etchison thing is a real testament to how much Mustafa Akkad understood Michael's character. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't want him to be some supernatural. He didn't want him to be Jason. And, I mean, this script took it even farther than Jason. I mean, Jason doesn't regrow limbs. Like, it's just it, – it's it was very strange. Um, and I think Akkad knew – that Michael rides that line. He's a man, but he's also like so much more. He rides that line of like, what is, what is like, what's possible? What's humanly mm-hmm. possible? How much can he take? Um, he's never to really be understood. And I think Akkad realized that. So um, I don't know. What what would you, if the, if the franchise would have really taken that turn, <laughs> would you want to see that? I don't would think you, you want to go. I, I honestly think you wouldn't have been a Michael Myers fan if that happened. Probably not as much. No. Yeah. And I mean, I know we got weird. I mean, H H five and H Miguel, we're 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 trended in the wrong direction here. Like oh, you're okay. gonna see, we get into some some wild stuff in the next couple of films. Um, but yeah, it's just I, I in, again in a bubble. It's like I would love to see those kinds of things. Like I know, I think I remember there was a scene um, of Michael at a drive-in like the final scene took place at a drive-in kind of thing and like there you know i think it was a i thought you I were saying were... drive through i was like michael no, myers no, no. At, what at a mcdonald's <laughs> can like, i get a mcfish <laughs> yeah <laughs> no um so yeah just it, it would have been cool to see but shortly after that 
after he finished the script, after they were kind of arguing over it, Dennis Etchison was notified via a phone call from Deborah Hill that they had sold the rights to Halloween. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill had sold the rights to Halloween, the franchise, to Mustafa Akkad. And his script was not included in that purchase. So the Dennis Etchison script was just suddenly no more. It was just gone. The 40-foot Michael. The 40-foot Michael, the whole crazy supernatural storyline, it was just over. That was it. That's low-key a blessing in disguise, let's be honest. Probably. That was a a blessing in disguise. It probably was, because to be completely honest, it may have sunk the franchise. Now, who knows? Maybe it could have been the best thing that ever happened to the franchise. Nobody's ever going to know. But it's kind of cool that it just lives off in the ether. Like, you don't really need to... It's fun to think about, but it's almost one of those things like, it almost works better in your imagination than it would ever... I don't think seeing Michael grow into a 40-foot figure or watching him, uh, you know, regenerate limbs and fingers. I, I just don't think that would have translated very no. well, especially for 1989. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, 88, like 89. I said, like, that yeah, like I have, said, like that, that CGI, that CGI that they would have to do for all of that would have been so tacky yeah. and stuff. I just, I would have lost complete interest in the story alone just from that. But... Right. If there's anyone out there, you know, I mean, we got the technology now. If you guys want to do a fan film of those scripts, I don't know if you get in trouble. If you don't, I represent Dude, you. I don't know. That's an idea. That what, is just an having idea a fan right do it? No, having like, I mean, look at look at like what Dave has done, and look yeah. at what uh, Vincent DeSanti and Womp mm-hmm. Stomp has done with the Friday the Thirteenth films and Black Christmas, and I mean, I know like the Haddonfield Nightmare just came out. Like, there's so many top dollar. Big but not big budget, but I mean for a fan film, big budget horror films out there. Mm-hmm. Somebody should go through some of these unmade scripts. Not even just for Halloween, for for a, a whole bunch of different films. I mean, you know, Elm Street and Friday are the same way too. Go through some of those unmade sequels and make those. Make yeah. those sequels. Now, yeah. of course, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a feature film unless they make you know a mill and they can really just use that mill to do that project. But it'd be dope, though. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm sure you could find somebody to do the CGI. I'm sure you could make it work. Uh, but yeah, man, that's an idea right there. You're welcome, Remember, guys. If anybody exactly, if anybody does that, our invoice will be in the mail to you. Yeah, I expect the first. Uh, <laughs> I expect the first copy of the dish because I'm the one that told you guys this is a great idea. Which no, you guys. Should, I feel like I feel like Dave McRae pretty much paved the way. Dave McRae literally said like, "Hey, I'm making well, um Black Christmas," and that literally su- surprised a lot of people, and it just opened the doors for like fan for like uh, fan made films like well good you know what films came first. You know what came first was Never Hike Alone. Yeah, and I mean, dude, never. Honestly, I I was never a big fan film per I well, I take that back. Most fan films are I, I mean, I I don't want to How do I put this? Fan films they're not, are dope. It, they're dope, but it's hard because they don't have the budget and because it's people who aren't really filmmakers most of the time. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. It's hard to it's hard to really realize a vision. But what Vince did with Never Hike Alone and that series and what Dave has done and what so many great people they're doing a Texas Chainsaw one that I'm super hyped for. I mean, because again, we Is that going to come out before the movie? Texas Chainsaw. I know, right? Good lord, where is that Texas Chainsaw movie? 
I feel like Jameson, but instead I'm like, I want pictures of Leatherface. Like that's like I'm just I'm ready, man. Like I just want to know where that movie is. Uh, but yeah, like I, I just I think you could do something really really special with that. Like mm-hmm. seriously, make some of those unmade scripts, man. Yeah, uh, sure. Why not? If you got time and you got the you know the 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 talent for it. Make sure you have the talent for it. Yeah. Just make them. I'd be happy to watch them. But, I'd be happy I mean, like, to, uh, what's it called? Uh, a tr- help a tribute to the movie. Was it like yeah. make a donation to it? Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd be happy. On their, happy on their Indiegogo. I mean, I did I did it for, I and it's funny because I would have never done that before. But again, never hike alone. It's me, Billy. They kind of opened my eyes to like, wow, like this can, this can actually be dope. Like this can mm-hmm. be real, not not just cheap fan fiction it can be a real story and a real production Mm -hmm. and i never realized that before i mean i was like i was pretty excited to contribute to it's me billy and to never hike in the snow you know what i mean i it's just i i think that'd be cool i would definitely contribute to these halloween films if they wanted to go back and make the scripts um so really to kind of wrap up the production notes of this uh dwight little was tapped for Halloween 4, he ended up directing it after Akkad gained the rights. And Alan B. McElroy was tapped to write the script. Um, they fought after, I believe, after he read the script, Donald Pleasance actually signed on to return. And then, of course, I don't, I, I wonder if they even reached out to Jamie Lee Curtis or if it was just like, it's going to be a no. Like, there's no, like, if they just, if it was kind of like an Ud said thing, like, there's no, like, she's not going to come back. Like, there's no yeah. way. So I don't know, but that's kind of the production. That's how, uh, that's how Halloween four became Halloween four. So, um, real quick, let's go over to the comments. Uh, I know art, you are, you're saying a whole lot in the chat, buddy. Um, let's see. He says, I was so burnt out from Christmas movies today that I just had to Halloween that I just had to watch Halloween 78. It cheered me up. (laughs) That's awesome, dude. Pretty cool. Um, he also says Halloween three is actually last on my ranking list because there's no Myers and I love me some Myers. Yeah, I, I That's didn't what I watch mean. it. I didn't watch like, it for a long time, but after I did, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, true. I get it. But I mean, when you when you talk about Halloween, it's going to be Michael Myers. I mean, John Carpenter made like a really foul thing. He made a mistake of making Halloween two with Michael Myers. If he mm-hmm. really wanted to do the anthology, said this before, you should have just did it for Halloween two. You shouldn't have done it for Halloween three because by <laughs> Halloween two. You had already solidified Michael Myers as like a iconic Halloween character or right. a scary figure. So, I mean, you, you kind of set yourself up right there, my guy. Because at that yeah. point, the fans were just wanting Michael Myers. They already fell in love with him so much. So then just to flip it on them by like the third film. Because you know how it works. Like it's always, it's always the first movie is good. The second movie is going to be the best. And then, yeah, and then the third the trilogy in or so to speak the third movie and third installments of every like franchise never really hits as hard as you think and that happened with like you know the spider-man raimi trilogy like you had spider-man one which was great you had spider-man two which was fucking phenomenal and then you had three which was like lackluster that's kind of how it works because you even the dark knight rises i even kind of felt that way about the dark knight rises yeah exactly like you know by the third one, you get too comfortable, but at the same time, you get a little ambitious, and you take some right. you take some risk, and it start doesn't work those, out. Start taking yeah, he started taking those there, small yeah. little risks because the second one did fucking fantastic, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, we could do whatever we want." And then they're like, "You know what? No, that's not how that works, man." 
Yeah. So, uh, also, Art, thank you, buddy. He said I had to bust out my copy of Halloween Kills the, of the Halloween Kills novelization to confirm Jack Martin. That was his name, Jack Martin. Um, Jack Martin, which is really Dennis Etcherson, but Jack Martin was his surname when he wrote the Halloween Two and Halloween Three novels. <coughs> so, thank you, buddy. Uh, so let's talk about the film itself, man. Um, so obviously, ten years later, ten years mm-hmm. after nineteen seventy eight. Michael is at uh, when the film opens, the ambulance is um, on its way to uh, Ridgemont to transfer Michael. Um, and I'll tell you what, I always love I love the guy when they first walk in there or whatever, you know, because it's raining and it's all atmospheric and you have the Smith Grove ambulance pulls up and, you know, they come out and greet them or whatever. And they walk in and the guy, he literally the guy is just like, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's got those googly eyes. Like, he's just, he's like, I'll take you back there. Let's go. And he goes or whatever. And he's hes kind of like babbling and he's talking and stuff. Uh, and I love when the guy screams and he goes, Jesus. And he, he stops and he grabs his shirt. He's like, Jesus ain't got nothing to do with this place. <laughs> like, oh, I know. It's <laughs> like, it's like the, cracks me up. it's like the fuck. I don't know what it is about mental asylums, man. It's just, they're just so fucking wacky. Like the everyone that works there. there are also crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like if I was working at a mental hospital, I would literally like schedule a therapy session every single day just so I can yeah. keep my wits. Because yeah. I feel like if you work there and like within a week, your your mind's already mush. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. And the next thing you know, like I hundred percent believe that that guy started last week, and that's the effect <laughs> it had on him. You know what I mean? Like it was just a week, and now all he's of a sudden a he's leaving. Yeah, really he's crazy. a new hire. You can right. imagine what the the veterans look like. Yeah. yeah it's just. It's funny because he's writing, and they walk up to the counter, and he's like, "What's going on? What are you doing? How are you doing here? Can I help? What can we help you?" Exactly. It's like he's like, "I'll take you down there," but uh, so obviously we get down there. Huge plot hole deal though, and I, I, it does bother me to an extent. I think it's forgivable. I, it, I shouldn't say it bothers me. It doesn't really bother me, but let's be real. The fire at the end of Halloween two. Mm-hmm. Loomis and Michael would have been dead. Yeah. Like, there would have been nothing left. Like, yeah. nothing. I mean, you saw Michael at the end of that film, bro. He was... He was lit up. I mean, lit up in that final scene. Yeah. And it's funny... He was charred. Like, when his hand droops down, and you see He was hand... my marshmallow at a campfire. <laughs> like, charred. when you see his hand fall off of the thing, when the lady is... Ta- the nurse is taking his vitals or whatever, uh, it's like, bro, his hand would be destroyed. And the same thing with Loomis. You see Loomis, and Loomis just has, like, patchy scarring, like, on his face and his hand. And, like, he wears gloves most of the time. It's like, bro, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, did Loomis duck and take cover somewhere, like... From the from the flame, like how did that happen? I think uh, I think honestly, I think like after after the events of Halloween two, he ends up becoming the villain in, in James Bond. That's why the scars look kind of the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and of course, then we get the the cool scene, and I always I don't know why I always like this line I, because this is where I think part of what I love so much about H four is this is where we start to really get crazy Loomis. This is like Loomis is kind of starting to it like this whole ordeal has made him like he's psychotic at this point. Like he's just he's almost Bro, like, I would be psychotic too if we <laughs> both if both me and my arch nemesis blew up 
and still walk to this day, I would not be okay. I would be more loony. I would literally be I if I if I blew up too with my arch nemesis, I'd be in Smith Grove with Michael. Cause I would not be okay. I don't yeah. know. This guy yeah. has a lot of practice or uh, discipline to keep his wits to some degree because he went from I because this is this is what this is what we've been waiting guys my transition from to crazy Loomis he went from the philosophical Dr. Loomis you know from our intro where he talks about the purely simple evil guy and now he's the fucking like goddamn you wow just like look just loony uh loomis right here i was it was fucking wild he walked in literally looking like he just walked out of the fire like he it was he acted as almost as if he walked right out of that fire after he exploded and he was like he was just standing there like this and just saying where is he i was like whoa well <laughs> okay I, here we go i always like the line when when the the paramedic or whoever he is is talking to i guess the ridgemont like the head doctor or the head whoever the head the warden in the the warden in the black suit mm-hmm. uh he's sitting there talking to him and he's like i thought dr loomis would be here whatever and the guy's like he's signing the paper and he's like if dr loomis read memos then he would be here or whatever and he's signing papers and he's like he's super salty or whatever and he's like my hope is that dr loomis will either leave retire or die and he just like dots the pen and he's like get him out of it like he's just he's like i hope loomis dies Get Michael the hell out of here. I don't want him here anymore. Like, he's that guy yeah. is like not taking any shit from anybody. Uh, cool stuff. Hey, shot man, too. I would not, I would not be, Loomis would not be a my top favorite guy after the events of Halloween 2. My man literally blew up a 22 year old kid. Like, let's put it in perspective. He, he <laughs> Bro, blew he up was, a 22 year old kid. Let's be real. He was 17. He, he was worse. He, was a, he, was he a blew up a seventeen-year-old kid. If I was, if I was in the the psychiatrist community, and I was reading my email list, and I, and I saw that, yeah, Loomis would not be on my top friends list right there. I'd be like, all right, I'm distant, I'm distancing myself away from him. The state of Illinois would be like, and his license is revoked. <laughs> yeah, but yet he's still he's still walking around. He's still yeah. uh, psychiatring and whatnot. I don't know. I wonder if he has. Does he have other patients, or is Michael like his no. sole patient? No, like, all of them left. All of them left. They're all talking to one another. They're like they had a group session. They're like, "Did you guys see about the other patient for that Loomis had?" Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We need to go talk to someone else. Yeah, Doc, I'm transferring. He's like, he'd be like, "Why? Why are you?" And they would just, he would just automatically like go into freak out mode. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, dude, Loomis in this film though, like he. He has no chill. He the really the calmest we there's two points where he's actually calm and one is when he's in the crazy Jesus preacher Mr. Sayer, Mr. Sayer, when he's in the truck with him and the guys like you're hunting an ain't you? And Loomis is like, you know, what are you hunting, Mr. Sayer? And he, Armageddon, end of the world, apocalypse. I know you've seen it. I've seen it too. And just like, wait, I don't even remember exactly what he says. It's just weird. Loomis is like actually happy and kind of giggling and stuff. In that because scene, he finally cool. found someone that was crazier than him. <laughs> like That's what spirit. he said. Yeah. He was like, wow, I guess I'm, guess I'm not as crazy as I think I am. Okay. Right. <laughs> that keeps me sane. But it's interesting that the other time we see him, and we'll come back to this scene because it's 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 one of my favorite scenes of the franchise, is at the gas station. Oddly enough, you would th- like I would think when Michael and Loomis finally come face to face again, Loomis would just crack and be like, 
just all hands on deck, just going after him to kill him. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting. And I've always said this. If you're going to remake Halloween, focus on the weird convoluted relationship between Michael and Loomis because yeah, the, the weird fetish Loomis has for Michael. Well, it, no, it's, <laughs> it's not even that, but you know, Lo- like I feel like in a weird way, Loomis knows that it's like an uphill losing battle, but in a way I feel like Loomis still wants to help him and he still wants to like try to do something for him. But Again, it's like the purely and simply evil thing. He just he knows that there's nothing left to save, even though it's like in his heart he wants to help him. And I feel like there's a weird connection between them. He's like, like he's like that Greek mythology, Festivus or whatever. Do you know the guy who like who's like eternally damned to push no the boulder? He's he's like eternally damned to push the boulder up the hill. You know what I'm talking about? Like that story? No. There's like a Greek. There's like a Greek mythology where this guy he's like damn to push this boulder up the hill and no matter how much he pushes it it's just going to keep falling back down so he's eternally doing that up and up constantly and that's like dr loomis because he's like no matter how much he tries to like uh either help the people around him from michael or help trying to help michael or trying to stop him he just he just keeps getting knocked down uh, and it's just yeah, like a, he's like he's continually like uh condemned to hunting down michael and trying to like either help him or stop him or whatever you know yeah. what i mean yeah i guess at the same time he wants to help michael but he understands that there's no helping michael but he's just right. eternally damned to right continually it's pursue like it's, this. michael is his curse like yeah it is he, he it's it goes back to like the van helsing dracula thing like michael is dracula and loomis is van helsing like it mm-hmm. is loomis's destiny to chase michael until michael is done until yeah. he finally kills him um, but even, you know, even going back to H2 and thinking about the, the scene before they die, like when Michael goes to stab him with the, I mean, we've seen Michael stab people. Michael could have killed him like instantly. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't. I, um, I always felt like when Michael stabs Loomis with the scalpel in the, in the operating room, it's, it's like a little love tap kind of thing. Like, I just feel like he does. He didn't mean that to be a killing blow. And the same thing, by the same token, it's weird because when they do get to the gas station, Loomis almost, you would think he would, he almost reacts the opposite way that you would expect him to. Like, again, you would think Loomis to just be like, the minute he lays eyes on him, just unload and just be Mm -hmm. trying to kill him. And Loomis almost like, you know, he drops his cane and he's like, he's like trying to reason with him. You know what I mean? He's like, please, like, look at me, like like come like you want if you want somebody like come to me you know and like loomis like actually like they have a moment where they're just staring each other down and loomis is almost like begging him to stop again it's because they blew up together (laughs) because like through yeah through halloween through halloween (laughs) one and two loomis was just unloading clips on michael and it wasn't until the last time he unloaded that clip and he just got back up loomis was like Okay, this guy's not gonna die. <laughs> Could you so then he, if... so then he ends up blowing the place up, and then knowing that Michael is still alive, it's like there's no killing him. You might as well just steer him somewhere <laughs> else at this point. Don't go to Hattonfield. That's what Loomis is doing. He's he's literally saying like, I can't kill you. So just like go somewhere else, man. It's like Patrick Starr. Why don't we just put Michael Myers and push him over there? <laughs> because it's not Loomis good. Walked, could, if he would have walked in the gas station, he'd have been like, okay, look. 
I'm sorry I shot you 11 times. <laughs> I'm sorry I shot you 11 people. times. Yeah. You can't kill people. I'm sorry I shot you 11 times. I'm sorry I blew you up. But that's, but that's just because you can't kill people. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like those shots and, like, blowing him up was like flicking a dog in the nose to try to get him to stop. Like, it doesn't hurt him, but it's just to, like, it's like stop that. You know what I mean? It's like just a small little punishment to a dog. It's like, don't do what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do to Michael to stop his rampage. But damn, that scene right there was very, like, emotional for Loomis. Because, like, you it could was. just it... see the amount, you could see, like, you could see in his eyes, because he's thinking in his head, he was like, I can't do anything to stop you. But I have to try. Because if I don't, no one's going to. No one believes me. And because you saw same... with, what? You're you're good. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm thinking. Well, I was saying like because he's the only person that he that he's the only person that knows that he needs to be stopped, but everyone else just doesn't believe him. That's why he's like going loopy because he literally blew each other up, and no one seemed to care. It's the fact that it, what bothered me the most was the warden was like talking to him, but like blah blah blah, blah but like transporting Michael and like why he did it, and it's like boy. You read the memo. They blew each other up, and he's still walking around. Like I feel like if I was a warden, I would take his word in consideration. But no, everyone is just pushing him aside. Like, dude, you're crazy. But that had to hit the news. You know what I mean? That had to hit the news. This, this ain't no conspiracy what? where they hide Michael Myers. No, he's a serial killer that literally got blown up. But he's still walking around, and it's just Loomis out there trying to catch him. That's one thing I really didn't grasp was the fact that everyone else, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, the the guy that plays the warden, he's a Russian dude that promotes Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. Oh, yeah, you Fun told fact. me that, didn't you? Yeah, I told Brad because he, he wasn't really paying attention to it, and I was like, wait, isn't it the Russian dude from Rocky IV? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I was that guy in particular, I was just like, dude, like, really, get get yourself together, man. Like, you deal with so many mental patients, what? Oh, well, I'm sure he's been there for the longest, so that's probably why he doesn't follow, because he's too, he's just as loopy as the mental patients, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, it's it just, it just fucking boggles my mind, in that, in, in this movie especially. Well, and I was gonna say, like, by the same token, Michael could have killed Loomis in the gas station. Yeah. He could have, but he didn't. Yeah. And it's just, it, I, again, I, they they fascinate me, like, they are they are the I mean Jamie Lloyd is cool and you know where the franchise goes the cult all of that is fun but like Loomis and Michael are they are like the anchor of these mm-hmm. sequels you know yeah. they're like the one constant and Yeah course, I'm starting to after, see that even after H6 of course then Jamie Lee Curtis returns so then it mm-hmm. kind of again it kind of shifted back to the whole brother sister thing with H2O and it you know, it's it just it's it's interesting how these shifts happen. But uh, so from the hospital, obviously they go to transfer Michael. First time we get the the music, we get the music when they're loading him up uh, in the rain, uh, and you know they're talking in the ambulance. One of the worst kills in the franchise for me is when he finally like sit like you see his hand kind of like tense up as he's sitting there when they're driving the ambulance. When he takes the dude and takes his thumb and just like jams it into his forehead, mm-hmm. nah, that that was one of the nastiest. Yeah, I and you said call it a kill. And didn't you say you didn't want they, he didn't like what's it, Mustafa didn't want it to be gory, bro? That's fucking gory, dude. Well, to be fair, just to though, shove it's a really, 
It's really not as gory as H2. If you think about it, it's not. No, this movie was definitely much gorier. Bruh, a girl got shoved into the wall with a shotgun. Yeah, but it didn't really show it, though. Y- yeah, but it actually, like, the fact that he shoved his thumb into his head, I didn't see any of that gore in Halloween 2. I can't think of a moment in Halloween 2 that was gorier than what I saw in Halloween three, 4. I mean, you had the scene, like, at the beginning where he, like, kind of leaps up and he gets her, like, in the chest and you see the blood, like, splatter. And, you all, dude, you also had That's not gory. Damn, <laughs> that was, that was 80s. Him, shoving the damn syringe in the, the woman's eye and uh i mean I, I don't know i i think h4 was a little more subdued than h2 was to each his own but to, to each his own, own. <laughs> uh and of course we get introduced to loomis uh i don't know if anybody else ever caught this but the, the guy typing on the typewriter like when we see loomis walking down the hallway and we find like loomis enters the room and he's just like I drank a whole fifth of bourbon this morning. <laughs> like, like he just he I would like too. he's been drinking. Uh, and then, of course, the guy is typing Michael. He type. He, I, I believe he types Michael M. Myers. And his middle name is Audrey. That's something. This dude's name is Audrey? Michael Audrey Myers. <clears throat> I'd make fun. I'd, uh, no, I, <laughs> I would roast Michael. <laughs> If he came to kill me, I'd be like, bro, your name's Audrey. Bro, you ain't killing me. Fuck out of here, dog. Like, what the fuck? Get out of here, Audrey. Michael that, Audrey that, would, that would be roll credits right there. That's his weakness. Make fun of his make fun of his middle name. That's it, guys. You just got to roast him. That's how you get it. Yeah, so uh, we get introduced. The guy, I always thought it was kind of funny, too, that the guy, so, you know, Loomis is, the guy's like, give it up. Like, he's done, you know, they're trying to talk Loomis down or whatever, and Loomis is just kind of like turn, turning his nose up. And the guy gets the call, and when he gets the call, he looks he up just... at Loomis, and his gla- he's looking out of his glasses, but his eyes look like they're three inches wide looking out of his glasses. It's just like... Yeah, yeah. It's it's strange. Uh, and of course, Loomis knows exactly what the problem is. They end up driving to where the ambulance has, dro- has, has driven off of the bridge, which is actually in my H4 poster up here. Um, the ambulance has driven off of the bridge... And it's landed. It's actually kind of strange because the bridge is actually like farther. I guess it didn't go off the bridge. It could have gone off the road. Um, but the ambulance is flipped. It is encased in blood. There's blood mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, you know, Loomis gives no shits. He just walks pants, suit, and all out into this water. He said. And he's looking he around. said. He said Oxford's not broke. I don't give a fuck. This going in the water, brother. <laughs> I'm going in the water. <laughs> And, I need uh, to see this for myself. Yeah. So Loomis looks around, and of course the paramedics are like, "Yo, everybody's dead!" Like, and they're trying to convince Loomis that Michael is dead. And uh, again, which I do not understand. <laughs> you know why? They because they the blew other. each other up. <laughs> you think a fucking crash is gonna kill Michael, bro? He they literally blew up. There's nothing Together. killing him. <laughs> He's like a roach. Together. Yeah. They're like he's like a roach. You literally like you you squish him, guess what? He's going to keep fucking walking. He'll get up within the hour. You know what I mean? Like when you you know how you, you know how when you when you step on a roach and you're like, "Oh, that's gross." So you would go get a napkin to pick it up. And when you come oh back, God. guess what? He's gone. It's as simple as that. Michael Myers is a roach. 
just compared Michael Myers to a roach. Because <laughs> he has the life expectancy, whatever the fuck that word is. He has the life power of a fucking roach. You know how the saying, like, at a nuclear bomb, like, a roach is oh going to survive? God. That's literally Michael Myers, because he literally got blown up, and he still <laughs> walked it off. I feel like if I light a... This is fucked up for me to say. If I light a, if I light a roach on fire, and it keeps walking... <sighs> I'm gonna call that Roach Michael. Like I'm gonna call You're him Myers. Him the shape. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna name him the shape because, bro, the guy, the guy can take some hits oh, just like some he roaches. Said he's like a roach. <laughs> yeah. You know how you kill Michael now? Get some raid. That'll kill him for sure. Just spray some raid in his mouth, and he'll oh my like God. spaz out and fall into the hole. Oh, you but, just yeah. killed me, Miguel. But you get my you get my oh. thing, right? It's the fact that these people are thinking like, oh, <laughs> the, it crashed and it flipped. No way you could have survived. Bro, you read the memo, though. Like, you must have read it. Everybody knows the legend of Michael Myers now by this point. And if what just happened in Halloween 2 didn't happen, I doubt the ho- the, the ambulance flipping over was going to do it. You know what I mean? He said, he said, Dr. Loomis, if Dr. Loomis read his memos, neither do you. Yeah. It's like I guess nobody read the memos. You know what I mean? Like no, like they were literally making fun of Loomis because he never read the memos. But it sounds like nobody read the memos because if if oh, if this patient came to the hospital and he was charred, I would literally put in the memo, "My boy got blown up," and everybody would read that. I feel like if I was working at a hospital and I saw him come in, I'd be like, bro, let me see that report. I want to know what happened. That I, that's something I would do. And so I feel like everyone would have known by now that this guy took a fucking fireball to the fucking face. Everybody would know that. So well, with that with that knowledge, if they saw the, ha- the ambulance flipped over, I would think in my head, he could have walked that off. Simple as that, man. And you got to think it's like a 40-foot drop, too, off that bridge. Into the water. But did it cave? No, it didn't cave. It just stayed still. There wasn't no there was no significant damage on that on that ambulance, which props to them. That frame, strong as a board. But still, that's what I mean. Like and and if you saw like all the bodies too and you didn't see Michael Myers, guy left. Guy got up and walked away. He looked around, he was like, mm. This is unfortunate, yeah. and he just walked off. Simple well, as that. And what what did funny. the sheriff say? What what did those cops say? They said, "Oh, he couldn't have got past twenty miles." I was like, "What?" Yeah, they well saying that if he was injured, plus he's already in terrible shape from the fire, so it's like he, there's no way he could have like walked. You know what I mean? Like walked mm-hmm. that way. Um, I don't know, but it, I I always like the line too when Loomis walks out of the like he starts walking towards the guard and he's like the guy's like where are you going and he's like Haddonfield or whatever and he's like Loomis he's gone like he's not like. He's not going to go back there. He can't get back there. And Loomis is like, it's a four-hour drive. And, of course, then the guy, you know, Loomis says, if you haven't found him in four hours, then I'm sure I will. And he just turns around like a baller, like James Bond just walking away. Um, And, of course, we didn't even mention, we're introduced to Jamie Lloyd, played by the great Danielle Harris. Uh, She's, of course, sitting there. She's dreaming. She has a bad dream. Um, Or she's up. She's up for some reason uh, as, you know, the bus is crap. Excuse me. The ambulance is crashing. And I, dude, I'll tell you what. Listen, I like Rachel. I know a lot of people really like Rachel and I do too. I really like her a lot more in H5 because she was a little bit of a better person. 
But this little girl has a bad dream. She's sitting with the dog. It's raining. It's storming. And she's like, do you love me, Rachel? Like a sister? And Rachel's like, how many times do I have to tell you we're not sisters? I'm like, why would you say that to a little kid? This kid is crying and she's upset. And you're like, we're not sisters. So no, I don't love you. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like the... You, who says that? It's like the it's like that scene in Malignant. You remember when like after he she like went through all that shit and she's talking yeah. to her sister and she's like trying to comfort her and she's finally like, "Darling, we're not sisters. I was adopted." It's like why give her that? I don't know. It's like, why give her that, that man? Right now, that's like, not she what she means. To, like hold her and comfort her, not be like, "Now listen here, you're wrong." <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Art says Art says Rachel was tired AF and horny too. So I don't know. Oh, Maybe really though. She was she was really just trying to hum- she was just trying to jump on something at the end of this movie, man. I don't know. But it it so the whole Rachel thing at the I, I do like her towards the end of the movie. Um and I love her in five. It's it's a shame. Well, I'm not gonna say too much. Never mind. Uh anyway. Fuck it, she dies. Uh I forget my girl hasn't seen these sometimes. Um but of course, so like even we move past that. Jamie has the dream where, oddly enough, she sees Michael in the same mask that he was going to end up wearing in the movie, which is strange. Uh, but again, the psychic connection bullshit. I, I, I hate that. Um, but she's kind of dreaming about him. He's. It's funny because like when the lightning flashes and he's just kind of like in the corner, like boogity boogity. Like and then boogity. every time you see him, like even when he sits up, he's like oh. Like, he just looks very strange in that lightning scene where it's flashing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, Art, I think you're right. He's in trauma. Um, trauma did Rachel good. She looked way better in H5. I don't know. She Her character seemed more, like, put together. Like, she was very high school drama-driven in H4. Like, she just literally, Brady was her storyline. She just wanted Brady. That was it. She didn't really care about Jamie at the beginning. She didn't really care about anything that was going on. She was just like, well, Brady's cheating on me, so I'm just going to do whatever. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. And then and in H5, she does kind of become more of a caretaker sister role to Jamie, which I, I dig. Um, and I, I appreciate that. But even when they're sitting at the table and, you know, the dad dips his, he dips his time of coffee and, you know, they're talking, whatever. And they're like, you know, oh, the babysitter canceled. Rachel, you're going to have to watch Jamie tonight. And she's like, well, you, my, what, I, what exactly did she say? She's like, you know, well, my mar- my my future relationship, my marriage, your children and or my children and your grandchildren have all been wiped out because I have to babysit. And of course, uh, poor Jamie is sitting back and she's like, I ruin everything. If yeah, if I didn't exist, you wouldn't have to go babysit. And she turns around or whatever, and it's just like you're such a hoe. Like, why would you, <laughs> why would you say that? in front of a kid man yeah yeah like don't she needs you right now i don't know i just her character seemed really douchey in the beginning of this you know what i mean yeah just, i, I, don't know. I totally get about that. it i was just like dude she was she was like so she was like your... this poor girl yeah it's like why would you do that to this poor little girl that's literally like you know her story i'm sure by this time right yeah. like you know what she went through and yet you're just gonna leave you're gonna keep doing that to her i don't know yeah. art said brady is no brad pitt <laughs> <laughs> really though <laughs> I mean, it's the truth, man. Um, so obviously, Loomis, we get the famous, the, the the incredible gas station scene that we talked about a little bit. Loomis goes to the gas station, and it's it's strange that 
instead of just going inside, like he pulls up and he goes to get gas and he's like, hello, hey, hey, and he's waving his cane and he's kind of screaming or whatever. Um, let me ask you a question. Okay. Interesting question. I The H4 mask has grown on me. I have it sitting up here by my H4 poster. Um, what would you have thought if we would have just stuck with the bandages? Like the bandages all over his face and his body. Like if that would have been Michael for the entirety of the movie. Would you have been cool with that? Or would you have been like, no, we need a white mask? No, we would we would definitely need the white mask because really? remember this this was the return of Michael Myers. That's fair. And like if they would have like done that, would just bandage mm. Michael. A lot of people and probably fair. would end up hating it. Fair. That's yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. I could and see, I, I could like I could understand everyone's like you know fandom with Michael Myers, and it's because of that. It's the mask and the fucking uh, janitor suit. Like yeah. that's what it. That's what he's all about. So if you would have gave us like bandage Michael, no, he probably wouldn't have had that same. Uh, uh, he wouldn't. This movie probably wouldn't have been like a fan favorite. Uh, I don't know about that because I don't think the mask is really a make or break for this one. I think the story is more why this is a fan favorite. I mean, that's well, I, no, that's they 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 thought. wanted they like I'm sure everyone agrees they wanted to see Michael in this movie. Like that's what they wanted. Yeah. And well, I mean, even look at the poster here. Like they teased you. They gave you the they oh the you know that mask. They were like, "Hey, you're gonna get this mask again," and you not get that mask. Mm. It was not the same thing. They they really gave you a big old tease. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I'm glad we got the mask, and it's funny because I know the mask was like a big point of contention when they were making this movie. Like uh, the I it, of course George P. Wilbur plays Michael for the majority, but I believe correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the person who played him in the bandages was not George P. Wilbur. I think it was somebody different. And it's funny because I know like Daniel Harris even says that she remembers them all arguing about the mask and the design of the mask. I think something about like the lacquer or the, the finish they used was like toxic and he was breathing it in. And it wasn't like, it was really, I like, I think there was, there was something wrong, and I think they fired him, and then they were like, hey, please come back. Like, it was just – I think it was this whole battle with the mask on set. I don't know the full details, and if somebody does, please feel free to comment down below and let me know. Um, I've never really heard the entire story on that. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but, of course, the the we – I mean, we, we've talked about the gas station scene. It's incredible. Loomis and Michael have a really cool moment. He finds uh, the, the, the employees dead. Um and of course, the whole scene when Michael drives the the tow truck out of there and makes it blow up, and the it's like simultaneously takes the power lines down and the phone lines are out. I mean, it's just like it's again, just it's like it's, it's literally scene. like man, my man can drive with being yeah, right. in a mental hospital like all of his childhood life. Like and maybe yeah, someone around still here drive. gave him lessons. Yeah, for some reason he can still drive the hell out of a out of a car. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, put Michael in the Fast and Furious franchise, man. Let's have that crossover. That'd be great. You, you don't need Loomis when you have family. Family. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, of course, Loomis is trying to hitchhike. He's trying to get to uh, he's trying to get to Haddonfield, and of course, we get the the Jack Sayer scene where they're sharing the booze in the car, and you know, apocalypse, end of the world. You're hunting, ain't you? All that stuff. We'll gather at the river, and of course, Loomis is like. 
maybe I should stop hunting Michael and hunt you, guy. You're you're gone. <laughs> He's like, dude, you're crazier than Michael. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine? He's sitting there singing, driving the car, and Loomis just cocks his gun and just... <laughs> he goes back and says, God damn you, and just fires it. You know what I mean? I know, right? Splot twist. Sayer is Michael. Bro. <laughs> It's like yeah. the it's like Dewey's ghost face. Yeah, it's like that shit. Yeah. Uh, and of course, even before that, though, before Mister Sayer picks him up, those jerk off uh, college kids that are on their way to Chicago <coughs> or whatever that leave poor Loomis in the dust. I know, right? It's this is storm. this is my thing. It's like all like our like the previous generation talks about how like our generation is full of like dicks and pricks and like assholes but like when i watch these old 80s movies these high schoolers were fuckwise they were assholes doing all this shit to these old people like damn i can't i i last time i checked i can't think of someone in our generation doing that we would pick them up obviously not now because we don't pick up hitchhikers anymore you know what i mean Oh my. Stole their convertible. <laughs> Bro, yeah, because we were getting to the point of Crazy Loomis. I wouldn't have been surprised. I probably would have sat there. I would have been like, good job, Loomis. <laughs> take your anger outs on someone. At because... least take a tire out. Yeah, take a tire out. <laughs> Pop a tire. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, the, the meat and potatoes of this thing. And it's funny because, you know, the more, the more and more – It took me, this was the first time watching H4 since seeing Halloween Kills. And I know everybody, you know, there was the comment in the test screenings of Halloween Kills is like a, uh, it's like Halloween 2 and Halloween 4 on acid or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of didn't dawn on me how many similarities there were between Halloween 4 and Halloween Kills until I finally watched this again. And there really were. I mean, everything from the mob mentality thing to Ted Hollister uh, to, you know, the the police can't handle themselves. Like, it's just there were there's just like a lot of there, there were a lot of similarities that I guess I just never it just never really dawned on me before. Um, I mean, obviously, I knew the themes were similar, but uh, so, of course, Jamie's at school. Do you think that's why Devil. Halloween Kills didn't really like hit the mark because it was kind of recycling old, uh, old? Uh, it was because like this no, fran- this I... new generation like retconned the entire franchise and still recycled most of the story plots. No, I don't think so. I think. Oh, excuse me. Oh, I think Halloween Kills was an incredible idea, but I think they executed the mob thing all wrong. I think. Um, again and we we have go back and watch some of our halloween kills episodes i mean we talked about this ad nauseum like i think uh the mob thing would have been so much cooler if yes maybe they get an innocent person killed maybe maybe they're they don't have their shit together they're you know they're they're struggling to get it together and maybe there is this brave heart moment where it's like wow the mob is finally on their own page and they are finally organized, and they still end up losing against Michael. That yeah. is scary. That's how the mob thing should have been handled. But the mob never really had a moment of clarity. There was never really a moment of unity. It was just chaos the entire time. There was no. It, it just. It, it was. I don't know. It, it just wasn't. It wasn't executed the way that I thought it was going to be executed. Yeah. And of course, this isn't like gold. This isn't the golden standard. I mean, I'm not saying that. 
Um, but it definitely had a lot of the same the the same scene or themes, excuse me. Uh, so we we kind of didn't touch on this. So Jamie, of course, is at school, and those kids are being the worst. Boogeyman, boogeyman, Jamie's uncle's a boogie. It's just like, dude, you guys suck. Like, why are you being? Why again, is everybody in this movie? So again, mean to Jamie? this generation, the older generation is calling us dicks and pricks and assholes. But look what the fuck they were doing back then. Like, Jesus. Poor girl, man. I know. And then of course, Rachel. The only. I'm starting to understand why she went that direction. I'm starting to understand why she went that direction now. She said, I'm going to fuck those kids up later. Of course, Jamie, uh, or the only thing Rachel does, double scoops. That she just is just like, let's go get ice cream and I'll buy you a Halloween costume and we'll, we'll be made up. You're my sister now. Uh, <laughs> which is whatever. But, of course, she sees Michael grab the mask at the the store and whatever. Um, couple of I didn't like things that. Like that. I, I, I didn't know, like it, that. Honestly, I would have much rather him think... go back to the same hardware store and take another one. Like, it'd be at the same place. Like, that hardware store did not change, even though it's now known as the place that Michael got his mask. It still stayed open. I would much rather him go into that hardware store and got the rope and the mask again. That would have been, been much easier. That would have been much fun. All you know what I mean? were rope, Halloween mask, and a couple of knives. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think you kind of have to take that scene as more of a dream. Like, I think she—I don't think she's actually seeing him take the knife. I think she's just—I think she's just dreaming. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's—I don't think that. I, I never took that literally. Like he's standing there in the same room as her. Because if he was actually standing there, it would be like, why? Why well, not kill her? I don't know. Because you do get the shot of him kind of like looking away or whatever. Like, but why wouldn't he have just killed her right then? Like, why? You know what I mean? I don't know. Strange. Another weird, strange thing that Michael could have killed her, but he didn't right then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, Loomis gets to Haddonfield. Uh, really cool scene when we're introduced to Meeker, too, when he's like, you know, I need to talk to Sheriff Brackett. And Meeker's like, well, then you're have to going to have to travel like 300 miles or whatever, because Brackett lives in St. Petersburg now. Like, he retired. He, after Annie died, he left Haddonfield. He left the police department. He's retired, whatever. Um, and then he comes back and becomes a security guard. I know, right? He comes back and kills, and he's like 85. Yeah. Um, but, of course, we're introduced to Meeker. And i got to say, I think Meeker handles the entire situation better than Brackett did. He does. Meeker is probably one of my favorite ones in this movie because he actually listened to Loomis. You know well, what I mean? Well, he's pissed, and he's annoyed, and he's still skeptical, but he's like, I'm not gonna have what happened ten years ago happen now. Like, exactly. He's like, I'm. I'm not gonna. You know, you know why? You know why? Because Meeker read the fucking memo and understood what happened. He understood, <laughs> he understood the assignment. The assignment right? Yeah. He said, you know what? This man probably means something. He comes in half burnt because he got blown up, and uh, he's like, you know what? I should probably listen to this guy. This, you should probably take this into consideration. So yeah, yeah props to him. Uh, but of course we get the whole, you know, when he, when he is kind of starting to be like, I don't know or whatever. And I love when Loomis is like six bodies, sheriff. Like he goes from, he, Loomis goes from being calm and he just snaps and he's like, yeah, like he just completely loses it. And he's like, that's what I've seen. A filling station in flames or whatever. And he's, you know, uh, he's come back to, to, to kill that little girl and anything that gets in his way and whatever else. Um, <laughs> And he's like, funny. Dr. Loomis is like that. 
He's like that hate preacher that you know you see on campus where he just walks in and he just starts spewing his information. He's like, yeah, "You true. have to listen. God is coming." Like that bullshit. In, and like, uh, like he's like one of those, and everyone just like, "Dude, this guy's fucking crazy." But yeah. Meeker, ta- Meeker is the only one. He's the only one. There, there was a guy on our college campus that used to we we called him the crazy pal preacher because it was like this fountain swear or whatever, and I mean he just. Well, no, that's just that's common. That's common with like every. It's like common like in almost every other campus. I think I mean, it's the I'm Westboro. Sure. Is it Westboro like church? I think like they do all that bullshit. Like I'm. Hey guys, I'm sorry. If you guys are with them, sorry, they suck. But yeah, he, he they kind of he kind of reminded me of that whenever he would just like sixteen bodies and like all that bullshit. But yeah, obviously well, Meeker probably the guy. He 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 probably like you know he was probably a rookie ten years ago. And he saw what happened, and now that he's the head sheriff, he's probably like, you know what? This is probably serious. You know what? I'm taking this into consideration. He did everything right in the in the movie. He, the reason why I liked him so much because he was so grounded in reality. He says, you know what? I should probably take care of this. And that's why I love Meeker. This is that. Mm-hmm. This is the scene in this entire movie where I was just like, you know what? I like this. This is yeah. very refreshing. Well, it's refreshing, and like again, Loomis starts to kind of lose it. Uh, Meager is, he's pissed, he's irritated, but he's like, whatever, like, I'll, I'll humor you. Um, and of course we kind of move on from there. Uh, and that's where we kind of start to get into, um, the mob mentality stuff, because obviously we get the, we, it's nighttime. Loomis is kind of going around with Meager. They're looking for him. Um, and we get the Bucky scene. We have to talk about the Bucky scene. The electrician, when he walks, don't you try that Halloween shit with me. And he's sitting there, and Michael throws him onto the power lines. He knocks out the power and whatever else. Uh, and then, of course, the you know, I'm trying to think. What what am I missing? I'm, I'm missing something here. Um, with the electricity guy? Oh, Jamie. Or Jamie and Rachel trick-or-treating. They're out trick-or-treating, obviously. And that's when we get Rachel hits peak teenager, and she sees Brady in Kelly Meeker's house. Uh, and, of course, Rachel is just like, oh, or whatever. And, you know, Brady's being that typical teenage boy, uh, and he's in with the sheriff's daughter. But he's also in with Rachel. Yeah, but he's also kind of pissed that she backed out on him. I mean, it's just it's a whole. It was your typical high school, high school drama. Yeah. Who was it? Was it you or, or or Julia that was making fun of me? Because I was like, "Fuck, fuck the sheriff's daughter." I forgot what her name was. I was like, "Fuck Kelly. her," because she literally she literally walked out there with her oversized shirt. Literally, like cops do it by the book. <laughs> yeah, cops do it by the book, and you know, with her coochie coming out, giving candy to these kids. I was like, "What the fuck are we getting at, guys?" I like, what the hell Julia said, Julia was like. Put on some pants. Like, these yeah. people are like nine. But I don't. So she's pissed. She goes off. First of all, again, she loses. Uh, she lo- I, can't even, I almost said Linda. She no, hold on. This is something Jamie. we totally we totally skipped over. It was the fact that the same kids that made fun of uh, Jamie. I know, right? They literally walked up to her cool and they're costume. like, cool costume. I was like, bitch, no. <laughs> keep that same attitude, darling. You better have that same attitude even with her sister. Her sister don't care. She'd probably make fun of her with you. Like, what the fuck are we going at, guys? <laughs> Rachel would make fun of her with you. Yeah. But uh, no, they ended up they end up being friends she, or whatever. I don't know what happens. I don't know what snaps if she realizes she really does love Jamie. But like it, it's when she loses her that I feel like Rachel really like 
Which makes sense storyline wise. I mean, yeah, because can you imagine going back to your parents and be like, "Hey, I lost my, I lost my sister," you know? And there's a killer out. Yeah, can you imagine? And there's a serial killer. Yeah, but and and I also always found it interesting that like, so basically, they're out trick or treating. The streets are packed with people, and then suddenly she loses Jamie, and it's dead empty. There's nobody. It's it's dark. The street lights are off. There's nobody there, and it's like. What the like? Where did everybody go? <laughs> you lost yeah. her, and now suddenly she's just gone. She sees Michael. She finally finds Jamie, and that's when we get the cool scene where uh, Loomis and Meeker drive up. They finally reach Jamie and Rachel, and like different Myers start popping up or whatever. And you know, Meeker's like Loomis, and Loomis goes to shoot, and of course it's the kids are like, <laughs> "Hey!" and they leave or whatever. Again, and like, do Meeker's they not like, remember? Do they not remember what happened to their to the old boy ten years ago that you know that blow up that blew up too? You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, right? I feel like if that happened, I wouldn't be pulling that trick. I wouldn't yeah. be wearing that mask. I feel like that mask is a red flag on Halloween because you know last thing you need. Yeah, I would, last thing you need is a sheriff you know running you over because they mistaken you for Michael Myers Could again. I was like, Loomis would have just unloaded his revolver on one of those kids. He'd probably do this same stupid thing where he was like. I know, right? After Ben Tramer dies in, in H two, he's just he just goes. <sighs> he says, like, "Yep, there like, goes my I'm license." Getting, he's just like, "I'm getting fired." This is yeah, I'm gonna get fired. I'm but I feel license. like I feel like whenever he was gonna like pull the trigger, like he was about to pull his gun out, he's probably like, "You know what? My license already gone, so fuck it." So that's probably <laughs> what he's thinking. <laughs> he doesn't, dude. He doesn't care at this point. Yeah. Lewis is like, "I'm gonna kill him. I don't care if it's him or not. I'm gonna kill somebody." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but the kids run away, and Meeker's like. Get home or you're gonna, your ass is going to spend a weekend in jail. And they finally get back to the police station. And the police station is wrecked. And wrecked. I always wished that we could have gotten that scene of Michael just tearing it apart in the police station. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been such a cool scene. Again, fan film. I would love to see a fan film where we get, even if it's just like, it's just a short film. It doesn't even have to be anything crazy. Just a short film. Get somebody with... George P. Wilbur's stature, get the correct coveralls, get the shoulder pads and whatever they had, and just make a short film of Michael just tearing that police station to shreds. I mean, and that would have been crazy because, uh, you know, of course, the at this point in the film, uh, a stay-at-home order has been issued. They're trying to get everybody to go home. There's a curfew. They're wanting restaurants and bars to close and whatever. And, of course, that's where we get Earl, Earl. What what's going on? And he tries to call, and of course these redneck dudes that are probably six Bud Lights down are like, "Let's drive to the police station and figure it out ourselves. Let's go." And they, of course, they're eating their peanuts and drinking their beer, and they hop in their their pickup trucks and they head on down to the police station. And of course, by that point, Loomis and Meeker are walking out. They're like, "Oh shit!" Like the police station's wrecked. They have nowhere to go. Uh, and I love that scene because again, Loomis is just like. I'm in charge now. When Meeker's like, you know, when Loomis says it was Michael Myers, and of course the people are like, uh, or, no, the sick burn by Earl, because Meeker's like, guys, let the police handle it. And Earl goes, like the last time. Like, oh shit. Like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like they all, they all remember Ben Tramer. Yeah. They remember the kid that, <laughs> that blew up. Yeah, Not for sure. That, but like the cops, Dude, the cops failed at HD. Yeah, they really they dropped the ball. They did a terrible job. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even sent a U.S. Marshal, and the dude got screwed over by Loomis. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know. It just, it was crazy. Um, but yeah. Uh, so of course Loomis drops the famous, you haven't got a police force line. And he gets all up in Meeker's face or whatever. Cause Lo- Meeker's like, you just created a lynch mob. And Loomis is like, well, you need a lynch mob. That's what you need. I, I'm <laughs> What if Loomis was like, I know I did. I read the memo. <laughs> Yeah, I like I I like I love Meeker because he goes by the well. I guess that's why his daughter works out. Doing by the book. Yeah, he's doing it by the book. So, but what made what made it so interesting was the fact that like I wonder how the relationship was between Haddonfield police and the and the citizens because yo they were not happy whenever they were like thinking Michael Myers was back and they were like (laughs) Meeker was like we'll handle this and the fucking rednecks were like. Bitch, no, we are handling us. <laughs> yeah, so you well, stay they do home. a terrible job though, because literally they could have seen a squirrel move and they'd have been like, "There he is!" Because yeah. of course they're driving down the street or whatever, they're trying to hunt for him. They got their their double shotguns and whatever, and the guy's like, "There he is!" And of course they drive to him. They all they they don't even they don't even somewhat check to see if it's even like a. It, it could have been a squirrel, and they would have open fired. Mm-hmm. Like the bush barely moves and they open fire. And I have so many questions because of course they get behind there and he goes, Oh shit, Earl, it's Ted Hollister or whatever. First and they off, realize that they just killed a random dude. Why is first off, what dude is, behind the bush? Yeah. What is Ted Hollister doing behind the bush? <laughs> That's pretty sus. At like 1130 PM. In my head, I'm thinking he was probably doing some sus shit. <laughs> so probably would have been good. You know, that's, that's probably why they just like, brushed it off they were probably like yeah. well ted was probably doing some stuff so i mean yeah. justice served you know what you I know mean? what's funny though is no i mean of course all of them die at the end of the film all of these mob people but like they never mentioned that i'm pretty sure <laughs> i'm pretty sure if they would have found michael and they would have somebody the next morning would have just found ted hollister's dead body in the park i feel like nobody would have ever spoken about that ever again yeah, yeah, like yeah. it just would have been like this is between us. They They'd probably be like, what happened? They would have. Like, they would have sat back down him. on the bar. They would have sat back down at the bar and be like, "Damn, so poor Ted Hollister, guys, right?" So, <laughs> they'd, they'd have been like, "Ted." The guy, Ted. another guy, would have been like, "Ted, Ted who?" I don't know a Ted Hollister. Who's that? <laughs> Who's, Who's that? Ted? Okay, never mind. We went to high school with a. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they shoot Ted, poor Ted Hollister. Um, and of course, you know, Loomis, uh, the, basically at this point, they're like, okay, we're going to wait for the state troopers. So Loomis, Meeker, one of his deputies, take Jamie and Rachel to Meeker's house. Well, of course, guess who also is at Meeker's house? Cops do it by the book, his daughter Kelly and mm-hmm. Brady, and they're getting freaky deaky on the couch. Yeah. Of course, he pulls up and she's like, My dad. And of course, they're freaking out and they decide to barricade themselves. Dude was putting hammers and two by fours over doors uh, to barricade them in their house against Michael. They've got Brady up in, or uh, they, uh, yeah, they got Brady up in the attic with a rifle. Uh, there's a cop at the front door. Meeker's in there trying to fool with the radio. Like, they are barricaded in this house trying to stay away from Michael. And all of this, we even know that Michael was in the backseat of the car. So, I mean, Michael's there. Like, he he knows, you know, he's uh, he's probably in the house already. Um, 
so they're barricaded in the house, of course. Maker, Maker, Brady, you know how to use a gun? Yes, sir. All right. Just, he's like, I just want hands you. him one. Well, he hands him one. He's like, I want you to take this. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I know, Art. I thought the same thing. My dad. Annie Easter egg, man, from H1. Um, Boy, but let me, but hold up. What got me, what got me fucked up was the fact that, like, whenever Meeker was, like, barricading everything and he was grabbing all the weapons, boy, my guy literally got an SAS 12 pump shotgun. That's a, that's a, that's a powerhouse right there. Like, I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh boy, if he gives that to Michael, oh, it's gonna look sick. But no, he ended up not using it with two Michael. But I was like, golly, this guy was gonna fuck Michael up with that shotgun. I was like, I can't wait to see that in action. And it's cool because Meeker hands him the shotgun and he's like, oh, yeah. And as he's loading his gun, he's like, I ever catch you grow up with my daughter? He's like, I'll use that gun on you. It's like, oh, it's like, okay, bye. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but you can you imagine how, like, fucking awkward it is for those kids? Like, literally, Rachel just saw Brady and, and, oh, yeah. and her, like, you know, doing it. And next thing you know, they're like, getting chased by a serial killer. And to go somewhere safe they go to the same place <laughs> well, shoot, like can you when, imagine when Damn. brady and rachel and kelly are like near each other in that house you could practically trip over the tension in that room <laughs> like, i mean seriously I, it's, it's so thick yeah uh, yeah it just, like lines everything because even they even have the little exchange between kelly and rachel and rachel's like here's or like what did she say she's like here's your coffee or whatever and she spills the coffee all over which rachel's got balls she spilled hot coffee all over kelly yeah you got, I mean, like, tipping, like, an iced tea or something or a water is one thing, but, like, she tipped hot coffee on her. And, she's and she took it like a her. champ. I know, right? She didn't even react. She was just like, oh. I gotta get another shirt, but know, no right? pants. I know. Still, I yeah, I was like, Jesus, man. Um, so, I don't remember to, uh, if Meeker leaves or if he goes upstairs. I'm not sure. Yeah, Meeker must leave. Uh, because Meeker then, left to go course, find uh, the, the lynch mob. Right, he. Uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, of course, we figure out Michael is in the house. He kills the cop, and homeboy is like. Twisted I mean, like he is. Pretzel. He is just twisted all Bro, up. Bro, he got he got Zohan quick. Like he, he got, if you guys have seen, you don't mess with the Zohan, bro. He got the pretzel. He get the pretzel. So I was like, Jesus. I saw that and I was like, Yo, Michael's on some next level shit right here. Honestly, there were a lot of. Uh, there were a lot Michael of Myers read an origami yeah. book in Smith Grove, and that's why he was able to fold old boy like <laughs> that. Like, he was like, "I always wanted to try this." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of off-screen deaths. Like we don't see the cops death. Of course, when Kelly drops the coffee and she realizes Michael's in the house, uh, and Michael takes the shotgun and like jams it through her up into the door. Um, Who did you did you think that Michael was gonna use the shotgun like shoot her? Well, for the first time I ever saw it, of course, everybody was like. It's like, bro, is he about to shoot her? And then it's just yeah. like, I feel like he thought about it. He was like, mm, no, <laughs> not my style. <laughs> and he just That's what I was thinking. Me. I was like, is Michael Myers, Michael Myers' style is not using a gun. Like, it's not. It's not a killer's, like, you know, uh, go-to thing. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. It was. It was an interesting kill. And it's pretty cool because, of course, once, once Brady realizes Michael is there, um, you know, Jamie's trying to, or uh, Rachel's trying to find Jamie. Um, she finally finds her, or Brady finds Rachel, and they see Jamie upstairs. Brady tells them to run because, of course, at this point, Michael is coming around the corner. Mm -hmm. And here's where you get probably the coolest death scene 
and the coolest battle of the movie is Brady against Michael. Because I got to say, man, as much as Brady could be annoying, Brady put it up against Michael. Yeah, really Michael, was, Michael was throwing some dimes at, at Michael. Uh, and and, and Michael was just sitting there being unfazed by it all. He goes to reload, and of course, and he's just like, ah, and he goes to hit him with the gun. He hits him a few. He, Brady gets in a good, a few good hits, uh, but of course, but just Michael like the roach Michael he, is, he just says, <laughs> he's not even okay. faced. He just takes yeah. it like a champ, and then of course he goes, he he hits Brady with it, drops the gun over the the banister, and then of course Brady's just like fist fisticuffs yeah dude michael's like you should have gone for the head (laughs) (laughs) so brady gets a few good punches dude the scene okay i don't do bone stuff like i don't bones i I can do blood i can do gore in movies but i gotta tell you man uh bones freak me out i don't do bones Mm. well in movies and when michael when brady goes to throw the punch and michael grabs his hand and he's like cracking his like wrist bones and stuff. I'm like, mm. it's just, it's not good. Uh, and then, of course, to make matters even worse, he grabs Brady by the head and is like crushing his skull. It, ugh. Ugh. It's, it's a good nice. scene, man. It's I a don't, good like, scene. Brad, Brad doesn't like bones, but damn, they, they, again, that's some gory shit right there. Dude, well, honestly, I think, I think he more... stabs, I think he like sticks his finger and, and, uh, and Brady too, doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah. dude, honestly, it's like I'm trying to think. The thing that gets me is really the, it's like the sound. It's not necessarily because you don't really see it. All you see is this mm-hmm. and like him kind of starting to like be whatever. But then it's like the more and more he does it, you start to get like the. It's like. Oh. So you don't like you don't like this sound. Stop. You don't, don't like, like those? Don't What's like wrong, them. man? You don't like them? I don't like it. No, I don't. Oh damn, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, guys. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Uh, Frank, what is going on, my man? Glad to see you. Welcome to the show. He's <laughs> hey Brad Haywood. <laughs> he called you Haywood. <laughs> You're so stupid. I'm not gonna I... lie. It took me a second when we logged on to this chat to do the show. I was like. What the, I was like, what is that? And then it, I, I he said I it about four times it, before I, I got I did. It. I said it four times, and then I was like, oh, I get it. I was like, <laughs> um, so Jamie and Rachel make it out onto the roof of the house. Um, and you were you were all, prepping me for this, man. You were prepping me for the for the rooftop scene because you were like, just wait, just watch, just watch Michael. And then I saw him, and I saw him how he just like he literally just did. He went, yeah, over the fucking house. <laughs> Well, not even I was that, like, though. I was like, my man, like, I know you just got blown up, but for fuck's sakes, man, you don't know how to use your body. It's just funny because, like, uh, not only that, but first of all, they throw suitcases and stuff down the stairs, and he's just like, get the, like, he's just like, get this out of my way, mm-hmm. and not only he's like, Argh, and he slings his arm up to get up on the roof, but when he finally does, of like, I don't, I think George P. Wilbur wore shoulder pads or something like that to make him look stockier mm-hmm. but he didn't look stockier because he rises up and he's like like he ain't got no neck that's how he looks like yeah. it's just like he's straight shoulders there's no neck at all which and by the way like if i saw the roof, like waddling like a penguin if i saw michael myers just sling his body over like that i would think in my head okay so this guy clearly can't climb let me just like you know kick his face 
boom yeah. and just let him fall yeah. off let him let him conveyor belt back off the the fucking oh that's probably why because he fell off the roof in the first one that's probably why he's scared of heights it's probably why he was uh, more careful. No, I'm kidding. No. Uh, Frank says, sorry, I've not been in the chat that often. Brother, you got nothing to be sorry for. We're just glad you're here. Um, Apologize. No, Art, says, Art, Art says, the rooftop scene was epic. Originally, the house was going to be on fire, which I so would have been down for. Yeah, I actually just saw that. Um, I saw that the other day, actually, about the house supposed to be on fire, and it was budget cuts that caused them like they just couldn't or not budget cuts but it was the um the lower budget they couldn't um they just couldn't do it it, it didn't it, it don't didn't cost any... much to set something on fire okay but saying. you also have to have a child and a teenager and another human being on top of the roof to film it the little child's a great actor she knew the assignment she knew what was happening <laughs> she knew the risk when she took the she role. knew the risk yeah <laughs> If a child literally signs on for a scary movie, yeah, you know the risk. For fuck's sakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Art says shoulder pads were big in the eighties. It was a fashion. It was a fashion statement. Myers was trying to make a fashion statement. That was it. Yeah. Um, and high water pants. Uh, Frank says I never understood why they wanted to bulk Myers up. Yeah, me either. Because in the original film, he was he wasn't a bulky guy he's kind of like skinny and lanky like he doesn't mm -hmm. really have that's kind of what makes it scarier is because he's he's not bulky he's not a ripped like he's not a big hulking dude like he's just kind of a small lanky like that's why it's almost kind of like how can he do the things that he does when mm -hmm. he's so small and like he doesn't look like he would be really that much of a threat just looking at him you know um, yeah so that's kind of what makes it cool but of course we get the scene uh the rooftop scene jamie and they're kind of flopping around falling down on the roof and michael's trying to get to them uh she's like you know jamie i'm gonna lower you down she lowers jamie um like halfway before she falls on the gutter and she's hanging and then of course michael's slashing and she lets go and rachel falls and seemingly you would think she's dead but apparently they love to, uh, you know, they love to make people fall off of rooftops in the Halloween franchise. That's what I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> rooftop, rooftop things are, are Halloween things. I know. Falling saying? off of houses are a big deal here. Yeah. And also, obviously, obviously they threw uh, Rachel some good old plot armor because, darling, you would have been out for the count. She would have at least had a, like a concussion. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But, but she, she got up and went right back running. Fine, man. Yeah. Um, J-Dead is in the house. He said, I just got here. But we all know Myers had that time when he got into the steroid scene. We don't talk about that. By the way, Halloween 4 is my favorite Halloween. Awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, it's definitely in, it's in the top five for me. It's It's definitely a really good one. Uh, better than five and six wholeheartedly and i actually i'm gonna get a lot of hate for this i actually like five better than i like six i don't know i can't say anything about it i know yes i'm choosing nick cage michael over paul rudd i said what i said <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm probably yeah. not gonna like the nick cage one man i'm not gonna lie i know it, it's a fun one though i actually five has really grown on me and i know everybody hates five everybody wants to dog on five but like to be completely honest with you i i enjoy five like i i can enjoy halloween five for what it is it, it's now is it a good movie not in a million years not any chance it's a terrible movie um and of course even with the halloween franchise it's just it's not good at all but um but i can i i don't know it's grown on me like i just i can just i can appreciate it 
for the experience. I just have fun watching it because it's so stupid. You can kind of laugh at it and you can just be like, this is, you know, whatever. Um, guys, by the way, we're almost an hour and a half in. We're about, you know, three quarters of the way through the film talking about it. Uh, please be sure to leave us a like. We just hit 300 subscribers. So if you are new, whether you're watching now, whether you're watching after the fact, please be sure to consider subscribing to our channel um, and definitely leave this video like and comment down below uh, where Halloween 4 falls in your ranking and uh, your thoughts on the film. So at this point, uh, they run to the Rachel school is seemingly dead. They get yeah. to the school and here is a scene that's always bothered me. It's always bothered everybody. The pink mask scene. It's like the Ben Tramer mask all over again. Of course, Loomis finds Rachel. They go in the school. Loomis shoots out the lock, which he shoots the lock like five times. Which, by the Don't way, the we, we I skipped all of that. Like, Loomis just left in like a good portion of the movie. He did. You know I mean? He was kind of absent for that little bit. But he, I yeah. think he was kind of on the hunt. And, of course, he, he, he was on the hunt of nothing then because Michael was at the house with the rest of them. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, well, because Loomis leaves at the same time Meeker does, doesn't he? Yeah, I believe they leave the I think house. Loomis, like, Loomis leave, is the first. Loomis was the first to leave, and then Meeker left too. Yeah, Meeker was probably like, "Fucking good riddance." <laughs> <laughs> Please get out of here. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh wait, that lynch mob's still out there. I got to do my job." So that's probably what, <laughs> that's probably what was job. the case. Yeah, that's like every cop in Haddonfield. Crap, I got to do my job. <laughs> I have to do my job at some point tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but so they get to the school. And oh, hold up! By the way, we missed a major po a point when with the radio scene. Whenever he was talking with the the state troopers, and they were like talking about like how like hey we need help blah 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 and, like you know we, like our powers are and everything, and I would be thinking in my head like if I was a state trooper and I was contacted through the emergency landline, I would take some consideration. But no, this bitch was like, "Is this a Halloween prank?" I was like, "What? <laughs> what?" An official like state police channel, you would be like, "Is this a prank?" Like, no. No, like, it's not. no. It's a cop calling a cop. No, it's not a prank. Um, but yeah, for, for keeping the chat going. Really appreciate it. Uh, Art says, I enjoy H5 too. I'm totally team Tina and Billy. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just H5 has grown on me. Frank says he doesn't particularly prefer or uh, particularly like H2O. I do like H2O, although I, I like the H2O film. But I got to say, H2O has my least favorite Myers of the franchise. And that's I know that's a lot but he's i i just don't I, I don't like that portrayal of myers i don't know frank also says h5 has its moments uh art says h2o's nights it's the christmas movie of all halloween movies god you got that right dude it doesn't feel halloween which it, it's it's set in california so i mean like is it really it, yeah it's not gonna feel halloweenish um oh. jay dead says the thorn trilogy four five and six is my favorite of all the halloween series it's not great but they're fun af dude absolutely and that's the thing h4 i think is the last one of at least through h2o that you can say is really a good like a decent movie um and uh, again frank you kind of hit the nail on the head man Anything with Pleasance is always worth watching. I mean, Donald Pleasance is really the anchor of 4, 5, and 6. He really is. I mean, he is what kind of keeps it grounded. He's what keeps it interesting for the most part. I mean, if you take Loomis out of these movies... 
it's they're like not, they're not that great, yeah you know what yeah I mean? it's like it's like <clears throat> i prefer i prefer to watch loomis and michael and just having all these i consider i consider jamie and all of them like side characters you know what i mean mm. yeah that's fair that's fair mm-hmm. i that's definitely fair um <clears throat> so of course the scene always bothered me in the hospital when when michael comes up on loomis and of course they it was the wrong mask in the shot and for what for god knows whatever reason they never changed it it's a pink mask with blonde hair it's like the ben tramer hair but it's pink it's friggin' pink and of course it's a split second honestly most people would probably not even notice it but if you're a halloween fan you know that it's just it's there and every time i watch that scene i'm just like Like I just shake my head at it every single time I watched it. Yeah, I'm um, looking at it right now. It looks very terrible. Odd, awful. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the still, and it's so fucking hilarious how uh, Loomis is just staring off into space, and Michael just like. Mm. <laughs> if you guys know what I'm talking about, that like I'm lo- I'm watching the still the the still picture right here, and yeah, Michael literally just like. Mm, yeah, yeah, Art, exactly. He says the Teletubby Myers mask for real. <laughs> also, Art, Brad, you got to go to California before you diss the H one and two it's... locations are in Cali. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're filming. No, Cali- I'm sure California's dope. And I, I have nothing against California at all. I am an East Coast boy. I gotta say, but uh, I, I have nothing against California at all. It just, uh, I, it just does. At least the difference is like, yes, H one and two were filmed in Pasadena, but. They at least tried to make them have a Halloween feel. I mean, there are scenes in in the first Halloween film that you can see palm trees in the background. The cemetery scene where Loomis is walking and the guy's like, why do they do it? Look in the background. There's a highway and there are palm trees in the background. And this is supposed to be in like the Midwest in Illinois. So, uh, so yeah. But of course, you know, Jamie gets out there. Rachel finds Jamie. Uh, at the school, we think Loomis is kind of down for the count. It's really the last time we see Loomis until the very end of the film, which mm-hmm. we're about to get to in a few minutes. And uh, the mob, who they're they're fresh off of killing poor Ted Hollister, uh, the mob finds them at the school and they're like, Myers is in there, let's go get him. And Rachel's like, no, the state police are on their way, just let them handle it. Like, just leave it alone, just leave it alone. And I love go. how they just switch it off like that, because they're over here like, the sheriff's ain't gonna do anything, but then when they heard yeah, state right. troopers, they're like, "Oh well, they're the big dogs." It's like, <laughs> what? Well, the one guy goes, "Come on, Earl, just let the police handle it or whatever," and he's like, "Sounds good to me. Let's go." And they get because he's pretty much no, because they're really thinking in their head. They're like, "Fuck, we just killed the dude. I know, we should like, probably, we hit, we should probably it. tell it out of here too." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're definitely going for manslaughter right now. Like that's <laughs> definitely happening. At least, yeah. So at they least get, they get in their trucks. They start driving. You kind of think that the horror is over. They pass the state police. You know, they're shooting their shotguns up in the air trying to signal them. And I always think it's funny because the cop is driving down the road. And, like, the five state trooper cars go, like, like they go past them. Because, obviously, they're on their way to Haddonfield. But one stops. But he goes to Scott and he's like. Aah. It's like, good Lord, dude. Just, like. Good car like, right there. Like, why did you have to skirt all the way? down the the entire road to stop at this truck like like just because the they were they were pedaled to the metal to get to Haddonfield man they That's finally true. understood like, the the seriousness of this and yeah. one thing that someone it really someone understood someone yeah. read the memo <laughs> someone read the memo well the well when it came to that and the sheriff was the the trooper was like all right well there's a there's a look there's a 
stop over there with all the other troopers. So just go over there. And he, like, leads them off. I wonder if that state trooper saw Michael Myers just, like, dangling on the tail end of the truck. You know what I mean? And Michael Myers definitely was not just, like, hunched over doing that. No, he was probably just, like, dangling. Like, his his feet were dra- so dragging on the ground. Could you imagine yeah. he was just, like... That's what I imagine. Like that, that, that trooper was probably like, "That doesn't look right," <laughs> but we gotta go find Michael Myers, so let's keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So because that's one thing that that's one thing that really bothered me the most was like, you mean to tell me Michael Myers is like dangling behind that truck bed until one point he was like, you know what? Now's the time to do it. I know, so right? I was you, like, what? like, why did you wait all that way to do that? Also, could you imagine the state troopers are like, that's just a prank. We don't need to worry about, it. and that somebody's like. Scott, read this memo. And the guy just goes, get in the car. <laughs> get, get in the car. <laughs> like, reading the memo is what it took. It's not Loomis. Yeah. It's not Meeker. It's not Bracket. It's just like reading the memo. Yep. So like you said, Michael's been chilling on the bottom of the car. He climbs up, kills the two dudes in the back. They have actually pretty cool scenes where they're trying to fight Michael in the back. Uh, and, and then Michael you have throws them off. And the last person, the last person to get killed, he did not notice any of that. You're talking about, yeah, Earl. Yeah, yeah how do you, Earl. People fighting and shooting guns on the back of your truck, and you just don't even notice. Like, yeah. you're just like, you're just cruising down the street with these two girls trying to get them to safety. Uh, I have, I have literally, death. I've, I've like rode in the back of trucks. You can, you can hear just as fine. Yeah. So the fact that he didn't hear all that scuffle, yeah, that's, that's some shit right there. I'm just yeah, saying. I don't know. And I'll tell you what, um, Earl's death is pretty dope too, because not only did he, so, Earl's driving, but Michael like reaches in the car and he like, I mean, you can tell it's a prosthetic kind of thing, but Michael like is ripping his throat. Like Mm. his fingers are like in and he's like ripping his neck or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And it's funny because Rachel, Rachel gives no F and she just opens the car and shoves him out of the car. And it's just like, I'm taking over, you know, and she's trying to knock Michael off. And I love it because he's hanging on the top and he's just like, we like on the top of the truck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his body is just ragdoll at that point. It, it kind of looks it, it. I don't know. It if makes sense. Way. It makes sense why Michael is just that. That made me th- think even more that Michael is literally just dangling on the truck bed, just waiting yeah. for the moment because he, he was just like holding on for dear life, like props to him. I don't know if there's a good way to make that scene look cool. You know what no, I mean? Like it but looks there kinda, is. It looks, he just doesn't, he doesn't look, I mean, it's a cool idea, but mm-hmm. he just doesn't look cool in that scene because it's not like he's struggling. He's just like hanging on. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of strange. And then that scene, like whenever, before she like finally stops the car and like, well, I think it's, if I remember correctly, when he like smashes his head on the window, I was like, ah, oh, yeah. yeah, he smashes his head and then she slams on the brakes and he goes flying or whatever. Yeah, but the yeah. knife never leaves his hand. Like, he goes flying all that space, and the knife never leaves his hand. Uh, yeah, Art says, I love when he smashes his face against the windshield. Dude, that's a cool scene, too. It is. You know? And it's funny because you see it from opposite, and he's just like, boo. <laughs> like, you boo. know? And he's just suddenly upside down, and his head is on the screen. Yeah, um, yeah. But Rachel, of course, slams the gas. She's like, die, you son of a bitch, or whatever. She hits him. And then suddenly, Meeker and Loomis and all of the cops and everybody shows up at that exact spot. And I'm like, bro, none of you saw any of that happening. But you just magically, like, magically, Loomis is there. Everybody's there. 
Um, no, it was the trooper. It was that trooper that saw the back of the truck because they <laughs> met like, up. They met up at the school, and Loomis gets up wondering, like, he's like, where's Michael? And all the troopers like, well, yeah, where is Michael? <laughs> and then the trooper that just got there, he was like, I just saw a guy dangling behind a truck bed. You think that could be him? And Loomis is like, get in the truck now. Get in the I car. Don't. We got to go. <laughs> and that that's how they figured it out. That trooper was like, hmm, one plus one equals two. That's him. That's <laughs> <laughs> like... That's what I'm thinking. It's like the cop from Smokey and the Bandit put the evidence in the car. What do you mean put the evidence in the car? <laughs> like that's not that's how Loomis, as soon as the guy was like, there was a guy on the back of the truck. Loomis is like, Fuck. and he just like runs and gets it. And Loomis is like, he's tired. He's still half drunk from drinking. Yeah, yeah. The half a bottle of Jack with Jack Sayer and the. Uh, and the truck so he's literally course, he's literally thinking in his head he's like and i'm the one that lost my license fuck these guys are idiots let's go these people are terrible they need yeah. to hire better cops here uh so magically they all show up and of course rachel's like jamie stay in the cup first of all again why would you leave her mm. why 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 mm. you know they're all gonna run down to this crime scene why would you leave her in the car alone so jamie of course not listening gets out she walks over to michael and she grabs his hand this guy's been trying to kill you all night you know he's your crazy uncle who's been locked up for the last 10 years Mm -hmm. tried to kill your mom now he's trying to kill you and you're just gonna go be like are you okay? it's, it's it's her only family man it's her only because you know rachel didn't rachel didn't up. rachel didn't embrace her as family so jamie was like you know what this is my family it's trauma yeah <laughs> it's the ptsd it's the trauma she's she's got to have some kind of family mm-hmm. uh and of course you get the classic michael sit-up scene he's got the knife and he sits up and they're like get down jamie and they start shooting and dude they unload on michael like they, they do. go they go at it and un friggin load on him and no one aims for the fucking head (laughs) i know right and he he falls in the mine shaft last time we see myers Mm -hmm. uh and of course i know and you'll kind of see this miguel i don't want to spoil it for you because there's actually a big thing that happens there that they change they kind of slightly ever so slightly change like there's one big thing in the opening of halloween five that uh that is different in the opening of five versus the opening to four, which because it basically happens the same thing, but they add something that didn't happen um, after Myers falls in the mine shaft. So, uh, so we basically, what does he get resurrected by a bunch of witches? No, Uh, you'll see when we watch H five surprises. I got to leave something for you. Got to keep you on your toes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Even though you just spoiled Uh, me a death. That's fine. I did. I did spoil you with death. I didn't mean to. Um, I'm sure you saw that coming, though. Come on. Yeah, I figured. I figured they'd probably like retcon her or something. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So. Uh, so obviously we get to the end of the film. The parents, which good lord, these parents are terrible too. They need to get new cops and new parents in this town <laughs> because these poor parents were at a Halloween party and like you're telling me you had this stay-at-home order. You knew a serial killer was on the loose. And you've just been like, you've just been like, oh, we just got home. You know, like you just got home to go find your kids. Like, get out of here. You're terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, of course, they get home. They're, you know, Loomis has got his, you know, Michael Myers is in hell where he belongs and all that stuff. Loomis is finally like, I can rest. And they go to put Jamie in the bath. They get, they turn the water on. 
And that's where it begins. And I got to say, I would have loved to have heard an audience reaction in the theater when this happened. Because when you realize what's happening and that it's mimicking the original film, when like when six-year-old Michael like picks up the, the mask and puts it on, and of course she grabs scissors instead of the knife, and she sees her mom in the bathroom, and she goes to start stabbing her or whatever. I'm just saying, that one right, right. there, Jamie must have grown like three feet because it was the same height as an adult whenever she was killing uh her mother i was like well her yeah but jamie was standing up and her mom was like on her knees trying to get like her bath ready and like trying to get her cleaned up no but definitely it definitely wasn't the height of a of a, of a 10 year old i guess is her age or whatever you don't think so no i don't think so that's super nitpicky i'm not gonna lie <laughs> well i'm just saying like i i get i get they were trying to like get with that uh surprise but i was like man what do you mean what are you doing right here guys yeah. But I I remember whenever the mask was put on, I was like, "That's not Michael Myers. Michael Myers already had a mask. What the fuck is going on?" Because yeah. I thought it was Michael Myers at first until I saw her, so until I saw like the mat the clown mask come back on, I was like, "Oh fuck!" Yeah, because I didn't know it was so, gonna happen, guys. Um, yeah, and of course the the classic ending. I know this. It's kind of split in Halloween fandom as to like people that love this ending, people that hate this ending, because it's almost like what like you just brought michael back and now you're gonna now he's gone already um Mm -hmm. um, but of course you know you hear the scream jamie is at the top of the stairs she's all bloody she's holding the the scissors and loomis runs up and the thing i love is loomis is not gonna he's not hesitant he just immediately pulls the gun to shoot and meeker like slaps his hand down and but he, he grabbed the gun, and he was ready to shoot, too. You saw him. He grabbed it, and he was like, right. I'm ready to go. Wait. Oh, fuck. That's the girl. I know. <laughs> like, and then it's just like he realizes. But when Loomis is screaming, no, 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 and he's screaming, and he's crying. Like, the last shot you see of Loomis crying at the bottom of the stairs, like, that's a cool shot. That's another mm-hmm. cool Loomis moment because it's like Loomis finally was like, okay, <sighs> like, Michael is gone. He's dead. I can finally breathe. And then suddenly it's like. Boom. Boom. And it's not another over. One. Yeah, look, he I'm, was thinking in his head, he was like, one. he was like, he was thinking, he was like, this one's not going to the hospital. She's I know, right? going like, six feet under. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but even his look, because he's like, <laughs> you know, he j- he looks like he is just like distraught. And of course, we cut to Jamie with the knife. Boom. There's Halloween 4. Yep. Roll credits. I'm excited to see how Rachel feels in like in Halloween 5. Uh, like knowing that you know what i mean yeah it's interesting it's 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 cool they i again halloween 5 has really grown on me so um so that's it guys please if you are watching after the fact or if you're watching right now please let us know whatever you want about halloween 4 let us know your favorite moments let us know your ranking where does this fall in your halloween ranking let us know what your thoughts are on halloween 4 the return of michael myers for me as a movie by itself, it's probably a 6.8. As a Halloween film, it's like a 7.5, man. I mean, it's it's up there. I mean, it's up there with 18. It's up there with, uh, yeah, I mean, it's up there with a whole lot of different, with, with you know, the original with H2, uh, with Rob Zombie's H1. I mean, it's with H2O. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's one of the better entries in the franchise. So, Miguel, if you had to rank this thing, or not rank it, excuse me, if you had to rate this movie what is your rating i would give it a um, and of course this is subjective but yeah i know 
I would give it maybe like a 7.3. Yeah. I'd give it a 7. It's solid. It's a yeah. so, it is a solid entry. It really Yeah, is. it's definitely it's definitely a good one because you guys are correct. Crazy Loomis did enhance the movie. Yes. I love seeing him going going buck wild as compared to, you know, the philosophical Loomis is like talking about the lore of Michael. This one was just like Fuck the lore. Get rid of this guy. <laughs> Shoot him. Like, yeah. So, and I know like, what's wrong because we blew up together. <laughs> yeah. Because we blew up. Yeah. Yeah. Like man. it was. It was. It was a good movie. Yeah. I'll accept. I'll accept it. Even. Even the. The. The twist at the end with Jamie ended up killing his mother. Her mother. I was like. Damn. Okay. Sure. I'll. I'll take that. Because it re- didn't really, it didn't really like talk about like her mental stability in the movie. It just like she had nightmares and shit like that. Right. So it was interesting to see like, okay, well that was enough to fuck her up. So yeah. it was literally like an apple doesn't fall too fall from the tree. That that's that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Real quick before we get out of here, uh, Art says I had this nightmare a long time ago where I was stuck in traffic at night, and Michael jumps on the hood of the car and smashes through the windshield with his fist. Dude, that's freaky. That's a I, Frank is right, man. Scary nightmare. Yeah, Jesus. Scary nightmare. Um, let's see. Art also says, Brad, if you shave your head, you can play the new Loomis in your future fan film. I don't know if I can play Loomis. That that'd be a hard role. I don't know if I could do that. Uh, Bro, uh, I was I was just telling Brad. I remember I told Brad the other day. If like uh, Mike and Jay, Jay, you, your <laughs> costume of Loomis, it actually you could damn good, you could it? you could literally play as Loomis's like son or nephew or something like that Burton, you, you can you, play like a younger on. version of him though like, yeah it's, it's good man it's spot on it's great like sophomore year loomis like yeah. college <laughs> dude like they're doing the spider-man freshman year sam loomis freshman year sam loomis <laughs> you know, that guy did like become freshman year of college becoming a psychiatrist yeah yeah um frank says it would be in my top five i'd give it a ranking of seven yeah man, yeah so we're all we're all in the same boat it's, it's about like a seven-ish movie yeah Absolutely, man. Guys, that is going to do it for us for this episode of Purely and Simply Evil. We are almost two hours in to this show. This has been our episode number five, talking about Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. Uh, we are going to take a little bit of a break from the Halloweens. I think we're going to check out some horror, uh, some Christmas horror next, um, some winter themed. You know, maybe December we'll do Black Christmas. It's me, Billy. Maybe Gremlins in there. We'll we'll get a couple of different Christmas ones in there, um, and then of course even in January and February we'll maybe hop back to some of the Halloweens. We'll get to uh, The Shining, Doctor Sleep. We'll you know we'll we'll get into some of those films. If you have any suggestions for Christmas horror films cheap christmas horror film cheap winter horror film set in the winter time set in the snow please tweet them at us at we talk the movies uh or send us a dm on instagram at the same handle and we would be glad to watch those uh and do a review for them whether we've seen it or not so guys thank you so much our people in the chat you all are wonderful we're so glad uh for you guys and we're so thankful for you and what you guys do for our show again please consider subscribing to our channel if you have not already be sure to leave this video a like take it easy new episodes of let's talk movies podcast premiere every single monday and friday at 8 p.m eastern standard time we love you have a great weekend we'll talk to you soon peace peace evil returns (laughs) he's a roach